are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. Strip, I, I'm going to talk to you about keys to freedom. These are, these are some heavy keys. Like, like, they had some other keys like CrossFit, right? Right here. Just, oh, come on here, right here. Oh, you feel that? Feel the burn. There's the burn. There's the but anyway, there's keys to freedom. And, you know, these are some big keys. We've got keys because we wanted you to see them. But there are, there are four keys that I want to release to you this morning that are so important. So I'm going to have these with me, and, and I want to pray. Pray with me, if you will. Lord, I thank you for this great opportunity for us, Lord, to hear what the Word of God is saying. You said that we are not only to be hearers of your Word, we're also to be doers. Help us to be doers of your Word. Uh, help us to hear the Word of the Lord, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm praying, Lord, today that as I'm sharing your truth, Lord, that faith would come and it would expand in our hearts and that we would have, that it would grow. We don't need much faith, just the size of a mustard seed, but we need it. We need your faith. We need the faith that you give and that you bring. And I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to hear what you're saying. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's a story. Several days ago, as I left a meeting at a hotel, I desperately gave myself the personal TCA pat down. I was looking for my keys. They were not in my pockets. A quick search in the meeting room revealed nothing. I suddenly realized that I had left them in the car. Frantically, I headed to the parking lot. My husband has scolded me many times for leaving the keys in the ignition. My theory is the ignition is the best place not to lose them. His theory is that the car would be stolen. As I burst through the door, I came to a terrifying conclusion. His theory was right. The parking lot was empty. I immediately called the police. I gave them my location and confessed that I had left my keys in the car and that it had been stolen. Then I made the most difficult decision to call my husband. Honey, I stammered. I always call him honey when I'm in trouble. I can relate. <laughs> I left my keys in the car and it has been stolen. There was a big moment of silence and I thought, the call had been dropped because I heard the silence. Then I heard his voice. Are you kidding me? I dropped you off. <laughs> I dropped you off. Now it was my turn to not be silent, embarrassed. I said, well, can you come get me? He retorted, I will, as soon as I convinced this police that I didn't steal your car. <laughs> Keys are important. Keys are always important to the things that we have. They unlock things, and we, we have keys. But when you think about keys, um, I walk around with keys. Here's what you would think. So you can just, it depends on how you look at it. If you saw me walking around with keys, you would think, okay, either he's going to unlock something or he's going to lock something or, or, lock, or unlock it. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, what, what are you going to do? And the truth is, is that if you look at it, if you were in a jail cell, you were confined to a prison and you saw me walking in with keys, you would think he's getting ready to let me out. Or if you saw somebody walking behind me and I had keys, I'm getting ready to lock him up. So those are, those are keys. And so I want to talk to you about, I'm going to give you four keys, like I said, that I believe are going to help us to walk in the freedom and further into the freedom. This is freedom, then there's further because it's like an onion, it's like a layers of freedom, right? Like, like um, Kevin said, I'm free, 
but I'm not as free as I'm going to be, but I'm freer than I was yesterday, right? Because I keep getting the revelations that he, want me, that he wants me to walk in freedom. So here's, here's, now some of these are not going to be, I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to make you feel good, but I'm going to give you something that I believe will help you. And so, um, you know, so I want you to listen and hear what it is. The first key is humility. I'm going to say, say it with me, humility. If you realize that the first key to walking into freedom has to be, it's a humility. God, he talks about humility. He was one who, who walked in humility. Here's what he said. One of the things he said, he gives grace to the, the uh, he gives grace to those who are humble, but he opposes the proud, right? And then it talks about clothe yourself. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, it says, clothe yourself in humility. What does that mean? It means to put on humility. It's like a cloak of humility, and that's the first key. This is what humility says. Humility says, you know what? I don't know everything there is to know. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know he does, so I'm humbling myself. This is what it says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that in due season, he will exalt you. So it's, it says in your heart, I'm gonna humble myself. I don't know everything there is to know about life. I don't know everything there is about marriage. I don't know what there is, everything about, about finances or whatever it is, but I'm gonna humble myself and say, God, I'm coming under your mighty hand because I realize that you know everything. You designed me. You created me. You, you've given me everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness. So I'm humbling myself, and I want to walk in humility and say, God, I need your help. What is it that you want to do in me that would bring and cause freedom? So I'm coming in and saying, God, I'm humbling myself. Um, pride says, I know more than God. You know how I know that? Because there was somebody in the Bible that says, I will be like the most high. That's where it started, Right? I would be like the most high. And so, and so therefore, he, he, he's not, he's got, I saw him, the Bible says, Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning because there's only one God and he's the one who's going to be God. Uh, pride, pride always says that I know more than you and I know what it takes. And so, therefore, I'm not going to humble myself. We've got a whole lot of people, whole, or even believers in the, in the church that are just like, God, I, I, I know. I know more than you. It's like, well, I would never say that out of my mouth, but you do with your actions. Anytime, anytime you don't humble yourself and come under uh, leadership or anytime you don't humble yourself and come under uh, and, and, and just have humility and you walk in pride. I'm telling you, pride is the enemy, is the enemy of your life, of your soul. You walk in pride and you some, sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's, a, it's not a, man, I'm, I know. It's just that you won't, you won't submit or you won't, you'll complain or you won't, you won't really submit. You'll do it. You'll, you'll, you'll be... You'll be sitting down on the outside, but standing up on the inside. God's looking for people that'll sit down on the, on the inside and say, God, you know what? I want to humble myself under, the, under your mighty hand. Now, now here's the deal. Don't, don't ask God to humble you. If you do, please let me know so I can get away from you, and I don't want to be around you while you say, God, humble me. I'm like... Because I've been in a situation where I'm like, God, I just need you. You humble yourself. You humble yourself. It says humble yourself. So you have the ability to say to humble yourself. It comes just out of an act of your, out of your will and just say, it's not my will, but your will be done. God, I don't know. It's just a simple prayer. Lord, I don't know what it takes, what it, everything I need for this freedom stuff, but you know what I need. The Holy Spirit will just hop in there and he'll just say, hey, God wants to, he wants to work on this in your life. He wants to work on that. If you humble yourself. I mean, it's hard to, this is what it says. He, he opposes the proud. Here's what that means. It means that, here's an illustration. 
it means that he goes and plays for the other team against you. You're sitting up there, you're like, you're the quarterback. God's like, I got you. I'm going to hike you the ball. Here's the play. Here you go. And you go, you know what, God? I got this. I don't, I don't think I, I need you. He goes, what? What would you say? I think I got this. And so he hops over on the other team. He gets in a three-point stance against you. I mean, you know, that's an ugly picture right there. You're not going to make it. He opposes you. And I'm going to ask you this. How many of you, no one raise your hand. I just want you to think about this as the Holy Spirit is moving this morning. How many of you are being, feel like you're being opposed right now? Maybe there's some things in your life that are not going. He's like, God, well, every time I turn around, there's this. I'm just saying, you may want to, I may want to ask yourself, am I walking in humility and the humility that God has, has for, for you? When I was a kid, one of the things that was really important is um, I, we boxed. Uh, we boxed all the time. Um, my, my cousin next door had a, had a set of boxing gloves, and so I was bigger than some of the other kids, so I was slaying kids. They'd get in the ring with me, and I was slaying. I'm like, pop, pop, and they would hit the ground and be like, Who, who's next, you know? And all of a sudden, they'd come in, come in. I've been, I'm even my brothers, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I, gotten, I had gotten big enough, so I'm, I'm whopping kids, you know? Next, I mean, who's, I'm, I'm going to be the baddest guy on the, on the block, so I just said, so I said, who's next? And out of the distance, uh, across the, the driveway, I heard, I am, and it was my dad. And... Uh, <laughs> I go, you know, I start thinking of movie lines, you know, like the fight's not with you, you know, Doc Holliday, you know. He's like, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> he goes, that's just my game, you know. And so I was like, okay. So I came back down because my friends are here. Uh, so I'm like, okay, Dad, this for real? He goes, yeah. And my dad couldn't even get the gloves on. They just went halfway up his hands. They were just halfway up his hands. But he put them on and he looked me in the eye. And I'm, you know, doing this right here, realizing there's about to be blood coming out of that nostril in here in just a minute. And so I'm like, I'm going to strategize. I'm just going, I mean, it's my own father. You know what I'm saying? I said, free indeed is next week. I'm going to go to free indeed next week to go to that. <laughs> my dad put them gloves on, and I put them gloves on. And I'm like, I, the strategy is to strike first. That's what he taught me, and that's what my brothers taught me. So I go in, and I, and I swerve. I remember it just as clear as day, just right now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he, he grabbed those gloves, and I went in sideways, and before I could come up to try to give him an uppercut, he had hit me twice in the, in the, on the side of the head, and I hit the ground. And I, there was blood coming out, and he goes, get up. And I'm just like, you know, I like the ground. <laughs> Jesus came out of the ground. The ground is good. I'm going to stay here on the ground. My friends were like, get up, Chris, get up. Get up, you, you, the, you the man. I go, you know what, I'm not really the man. I thought I was, but I, I, I'm not really the man. And so dad's like, get up. I'm like, you know what, I'm on. So I get up, you know, and he goes, he, he does this, you know, like, like uh, we're on Gladiator or something, you know, or whatever. And he's just like, and so anyway, I go in again, and he hits me again. All of a sudden, I, I threw them clubs off. I go, I quit. They go, you quit? I go, man, that's my father. I love him, you know. I just, I don't want to fight him anyway. It was a lesson that was taught in humility. My dad and I never had that discussion again, but I remember the fact that he was watching me, just not just, just beating kids, but he, just, well, he was watching me, and uh, he's like, I need to show him a lesson. So he did. I never forgot it. There wasn't a lot of words shared, but I got that lesson. Walk in humility. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling you, I don't want, you don't want the Father opposed, so walk in the humility that he has for you. Humble yourself. God, I don't know what it means. Walk in humility. Um, be humble, submitted, teachable. Walking in that place where God, I'm telling you, I can work with somebody who walks in humility. Somebody who's teachable. 
somebody who'll say, you know what, I, I don't know all there is, but God help me. I can work with that. I tell my kids that all the time. I go, guys, you know, walk in humility. You want a you soft answer turns away wrath? Just walk in humility. So that's key number one. So that's key. Key number two, this is, this is an important key that I want you to get. You must take responsibility for your actions and responses and attitudes. Key number two, take responsibility. See, we got a whole race of people. We got a whole uh, ethnic group of people or whatever backgrounds and different walks of life that won't take responsibility for their actions. Everybody wants to blame everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to the blame game. Yes, we have a whole group of people, maybe in this room, who are blaming other people for their problems. They won't take responsibility for their own issues, but they're always blaming other people. You may be in here and a contestant on our game show this morning. So therefore, come on down so you can be a contestant on the blame game. <laughs> Isn't it hilarious? That is true. We walk in the blame game. Started all the way back in the garden where, where uh, when Jesus was walking. Let's turn there, actually. We're in Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse, verse 8. Actually, yeah, Genesis chapter, I know I told you to turn to Matthew, and we are going to read those verses. But here's what it says. I want you to see this. This is, this is something. Verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam is... And his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree for which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman, the woman, dun, 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 dun. And so the woman whom you gave me to be with, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? I love this. God's asking questions that he knows the answers to. But he wants to see where you get, what they're going to come up with. So he goes, what have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And then he goes to the serpent. And that's what I, I love to say that. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. We get to a place where we're blaming people for our issues. God can't work with us. How can he help us? How can we be free? How can we walk in the freedom that God has if we won't admit that we're wrong? We won't say, you know what, God, I was wrong. Uh, Adam, when this is all, you can see this throughout the Bible. Um, when he asked Cain, he goes, where's your brother? He knows where his brother is, but he wants to know where, if, he, if Cain's going to tell the truth or, or admit where he is. And Cain, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Shifting. I, I'm, not my, I'm not responsible for my brother. The children of Israel blaming Moses. It's you. You brought us out of that, out of the, out of the slavery. We were good. We were eating leeks and onions. Really? You're going to sell your slavery, go back into slavery for some leeks and onions? I mean, really? You, you brought us out. We, were, we had it good. And, and you forgot about Massa slapping you upside the head and having to make bricks without straw and all that stuff. You forget that. Blaming others. You cannot take responsibility. God can't. How can you pinpoint what's going on in your life if you don't take responsibility for your actions? I'm wrong, God. It's not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. I'm the one that needs help, God. 
Depend upon me. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about anybody else. I don't care what I look like. That's what, that's what humility is. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what it, well, how I sound. I don't care what else is going on. I'm the one that needs help, God. Would you help me? Would you change me? Would you change the way that I think? Change the way that I act? Help my responses. Help my attitude. I got a bad attitude, Lord. Help me. And I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the very power and essence of the living God that lives on the inside of you will step in and help you to change the outcome in the atmosphere of your situation if you'll humble yourself. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I told my kids, I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, if you would just, it'd be better if you tell me. Tell me. If I find out, the wrath of Khan will come upon you, will descend upon you. Just tell me. Just let me know. Just because if I find out, it's going to be 10 times worse. Just let me know. Um, There was this one time, I mean, it's so funny. There's one time that uh, I don't even remember who it was. I, don't I know it was one of the boys because I was with them. Uh, I just bought a new chainsaw. And um, I, they, were, they were putting it in my, in my truck, and they ripped a hole in my seat with the, with the chainsaw. And now here's what's cool thing about it is, I mean, that enough will make, I mean, it's my truck. It's my horse. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't tear a seat with a chainsaw. But I'm telling you what, they had gotten that. And so they come in, speaking King James language. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Please forgive me, Dad. I'm like, what is it? And that guy was, you know, to tell me what happened. I'm like, okay, all right. I, I mean, can't get mad if they humble themselves. I mean, I want, even though I want to get mad, even though I want to choke them, even though, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to, but I can't because they humble themselves. I mean, I see myself. I just back up. They humble themselves. I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm just telling you, I, what is it that I can do? I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll pay for it. And I want to be like, you will. But I'm just like, okay, never mind. And or they'll go tell their mom. They, go, they, they got strategies. They go talk to Vanessa. They go, hey, mom, I'm just wanting to let you know I'm going to die. But I'm coming to you <laughs> and letting you know that if you could please talk to father, talk to him, talk to him. He's a good, good father sometimes. You know, sometimes he's a good, good father. If you talk to him. So Vanessa comes in. She's like, hey, they're really sorry. Can you just, you know, I'm just like, well, all right, you know, so I have to go in and, you know, and I, I, what can I do? They've humbled themselves. So, so there's something about God's kids coming to him. So you know what, Father, I know you love me, and I know that you have good things in store for me, but I've, I've messed up. I've, 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 I've failed, but here's what I do know. That every sin that I've ever committed, that I will commit, you have already been nailed to the cross with you. And I know you forgive me. So help me to walk in freedom. Help me to acknowledge what is going on in my life so that I can have what it is that you want me to have in this season. I don't want to walk in pride. I don't want to walk because the Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I don't want to fall in the traps that the enemy has for me. So I'm asking you to help me to humble myself under your hand so that I can walk in everything that you want. I choose to humble myself, Lord, right now, and I'm taking responsibility. It was me. That attitude, that was sin. That thought, that was sin. That what I what I did with my hands, that was sin. That what I want you to know, Lord, that I acknowledge it as sin, and I want to walk in humility. So wash and cleanse. The Bible says that if I confess my sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I have a God who has washed me whiter than snow. I have a God who has said that I have washed you, and I'm cleansing you, and I see you as justified just if I'd never sinned because of the blood of the lamb and because my father loves me and he has watched me I can stand in the place of the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus why because he's already he's like he doesn't know if I come to him and go God I have sinned he's gonna be like oh I didn't know that 
He knows. He knows. Look at your neighbor and say, he knows. He knows. <laughs> Some of you are like, he does? <laughs> he knows. So just humble yourself and just point it out. Because then he can pinpoint it and remove it from you. Wash you. Because see, the forgiveness part, it's instant. But the cleansing part takes time. To cleanse. You wash something, it takes time. And so it's what I want to do. I want to humble myself. God, that's, that's sin. Help me to acknowledge it. Third key. You guys getting this? The third key is seeking after his face and not his hand. Because a lot of times, that's, I'm telling you, that's the key to unlock freedom in your life, seeking after his face. I want your face. Not, go, not just because of what you can do for me, yeah. not for what you can do for me, but what you are. I don't need anything, God. You never just, you either have kids. You know what's really cool is when, you, when your kids just come and just want to be with you and they don't want anything from you. Isn't that cool? Some of you just like, I, I don't know what that's like. Can somebody tell me what that's like? Because I don't understand what you're talking about, right? It's foreign to me. But it's true. I have kids, and sometimes when they come to me, and I know they want something, sometimes by the way that they talk, Father, wonderful dad, thou hast bestowed gifts on me that are unimaginable. I'm like, what do you want? But then there's just times like this past Saturday when I was able to go uh, hunting with my daughter, Braden. And we're just sitting there talking watching the sun come up. Neither one of us is saying anything. We're just waiting, we're waiting for, for birds to come, and we're just sitting there looking. And she's like, isn't that cool, Dad? I go, that's cool. I'm thinking about creation, and she doesn't want anything from me. She just wants to be with me. My heart is full. We're just sitting. I'm sitting there with that little curly head, head girl that, that makes me smile. All of my kids make me smile. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at them. I'm just like, God, you're so good. And I'm acknowledging the fact that she doesn't want anything from me. And it's just good. It's good. God loves it when we just seek his face and not just what God, what I need, I want, I need, I want. God's like, listen, I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. I've already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's why seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. But see, one of the things that you need to understand is that that context of that scripture sets that one place. Because we think if I seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added unto me. So you miss the context of the whole scripture. Can I read it to you this morning? I want you to hear this. I don't even necessarily want you to, you can read it up here, but I want you to turn to it. I want you to listen to this. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, those who don't know God, they seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you have need of, all these things, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Look up here for a second. Look at the context. He puts that right in the middle of a context saying, I've already given you everything that you need. I've already blessed you. 
You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about food or clothes. David said, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed having to beg for bread. So you don't need, so I've, I've taken care of all these other things. Why don't you sit with me and just hang out with me? You're like, but I need clarity about my life. I need to know what's going on. I need clarity. I need direction. God, give me direction. And I will show you the path of life. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there's pleasures evermore. But I need to know. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. I'll show you. I'll show you the path of life. Where do I find it? In my presence, there's fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there's pleasures evermore. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I need direction. I'll show you. The path of life. Where do I get it? In my presence. There is fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there's pleasure evermore. I know, I know. I'm telling you, we do that all the time with God. I've done it with him. And he's like, all I want to do, you do is spend time with me. And out of that, right? Anybody ever been spending time with God? God, I just, I quit. I give up. He goes, aha, that's what I've been waiting for. Here, there it is right there. I mean, just, how many? Just raise your hand. How many of you been there? been there? He just does that because he wants to spend time with him. He's about relationship, right? And so we weren't seeking after his, his face and not his hand. His key, um, is, that, that was key, his key, key number, number four. Key number four is forgiveness. So you need to walk in forgiveness, amen? God has called us. He wants us to walk in forgiveness. He wants us to walk in, in the truth of what forgiveness is. Having a revelation of forgiveness, walk, having a revelation that God has and wants us to walk in forgiveness and leave that unforgiveness. I'm telling you, that's going to always be a key. You're talking about four keys. That is the big key right here. Walk in forgiveness. He's forgiven you much, right? He's forgiven you. You release others. Release them. And somebody says, here's a question that I got last time I talked about forgiveness. Here's a question. Yeah, but <laughs> Pastor Chris, you say that, but does that mean that, I mean, I, I have to just release, have that person come back into my life? No, for, I'm not talking about forgiveness is not necessarily trusting the person again, but you do need to release them. Amen? I'm not saying you got to be like, okay, just come in and do whatever you want. I'm not, trying, I'm not saying that because there, there's trust has to be earned, right? It does. How do we earn? Somebody just let them you walk in. Uh, you walk in and slap me, and you'd be like, oh, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, all right, okay, all right. You slap me again. You know, I'm going to be like, okay, you said turn the other cheek, so I'm going to turn that one. You slap me again, you better duck, <laughs> right? I'm like, no, you don't run out of cheeks. You know, I'm just telling you. God wants to, I mean, there's a trust. You got to be earned. Next time I'm talking to you, I'm going to step back, you know? I'm not going to, it's not about trust. You got to have, you got to have the place to forget, but releasing that person releases you so that you're not tied to that person. Fourth key, forgiveness. Humility. Taking responsibility for your actions, seeking after God's face and not his hand, forgiveness. Those are good keys. You have those keys with you every time, every day, every moment of the day so that you can walk in the place that God has for you. Don't play the blame game. Don't be a contestant on the blame game show. Don't blame others. I mean, I'm telling you what, I, I'm, I'm to the place. I mean, and Vanessa said this to me just not that long ago. She used to say, Did you, do you have struggle with those things? Ask my wife. She will tell you. It's because the other day, she goes, why are you so defensive? I mean, I just say things. She'd be like, who did? Luke? I mean, that's, that's all I say anymore. I'm always blaming Luke. Luke's taking, taking one for the team more than anybody in the whole family. <laughs> if there's something left out, Luke did it. If there's somebody that ate somebody's food in the refrigerator, Luke did it. If somebody left something out, Luke did it. Luke just like, yes, blame me for everything. I'm like, man, you're just a poster whooping board for the McCrays. 
She goes, you guys, why are you so defensive? I don't know. Now, I'm going to ask you that question. Look at me this morning. Why are you so defensive? Why, why are you shifting the blame? What, what, what is in you that caused you? Why are you, be, why, are you, why are you so defensive? Why are you fighting the process that God has for you of wanting you to walk in freedom? I want you to listen to me. I want you to look up here. Stop it. You've already been forgiven. You're already blessed. He loves you. Stop it. Just say, God, it's me. Help me. You know why that's easier than, than, than you think? Because he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So he didn't, come, he didn't come to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.